welcome to Align Your Mind. My name is Chelsea Tanner. I'm a flutist and a mindset coach for musicians who want to succeed in their careers but also enjoy their lives. So I put up a post last week called The Five Things We Should Normalize in Classical Music and I got a lot of feedback. The post just kept getting in front of more and more people and I think it really resonated with a lot of people. So I wanted to do a podcast on it because I think it's really important to discuss this stuff and um, let's just dive in. So these are five things I think that we should normalize in classical music. The first one being nonlinear progress. Expecting only improvement in the practice room is totally setting up an expectation that can't be met. One of the most common frustrations that I hear from students and clients is that their progress isn't always consistent. And even though they're like practicing every day, they're doing all the things that their teacher is telling them, but that's not always how it goes. For me, even last week, I had this day where I was playing this excerpt that I've been working on really hard. I played it so well, and I was so excited about it. And then I came back to it the next day, and it did not stick. I was not able to recreate it as well as I wanted to from the day previous, and I have to accept that as a musician, right? There isn't really another option for me. I have to kind of let it go and say, okay, well, I'm here now again. So what was the difference? How do I bridge that gap? And then my work becomes bridging that gap. So I think the more we can say, okay, don't expect incremental progress day by day. It's not going to look beautiful. It's not going to look linear. It's going to look a little messy. Right? And some days will be better than others. For whatever reason, we try to figure out those reasons. Um, and we have to accept all of it. So one thing that you can do for yourself when you come back to those days when it doesn't sound as good, it's so frustrating. But the more that you just accept where you are and then go from there, the better off it's going to be. So first thing I would say, nonlinear progress is so important to accept and normalize. The second thing that I think we need to normalize is feeling inadequate at times. The number of DMs and clients and students who have shared their concerns with me saying they feel inadequate is staggering and of course I've felt this in my own life and since I talk about it really openly online people feel more comfortable coming to me and talking to me about it and that's amazing and I love that but I think so many people don't talk about it that everyone kind of feels like they're alone and even if you're at a really high level and you've got a bunch of accomplishments under your belt or even if you're not and you feel like you're still not good enough or you're comparing yourself and your careers to other people, it can be really hard to also realize that other people feel the same way, no matter what their circumstance is, right? Because if you've listened to the first season of this podcast, you know for sure that the circumstances in our lives, the jobs we do or don't have, the things we have or have not accomplished, like those things don't make us feel inadequate or feel good. It's our thoughts about them, 
right? So we will feel inadequate sometimes because we see someone else that's further along or we see someone with a job that we really want or we see someone on a stage and of course we all just also want to be up there, right? And I remember asking a teacher once how to deal with feeling inadequate because I felt that it was holding me back. And my guess that is for most people, they don't even feel comfortable enough to talk about this with their teachers. And they just feel like they should know things and they should know how to deal with it and have all the answers already. And I want to tell you that that's not the case, that you're not expected to have all the answers because that's insane. You're still learning. And people who are professionals still have moments where they feel inadequate because maybe they're doing something new or maybe they're seeing someone else who's also on a really high level. It could be any number of things, but that's something I think we should really normalize. Just talking about how hard this industry is and to realize that, yeah, everyone's going to feel that way because of the scarcity of jobs, because of the inherent competitive nature, right, that this field has. So I think that normalizing bad feelings is something that, you know, we could talk about and share because we we're going to feel better for having done that. So here's my way of dealing with moments where I don't feel good enough. I've gotten really good at recognizing when this feeling comes up. It's a very familiar feeling in my body. It's sort of like this void in my chest. I feel very empty. I know that sounds like a little emo, but I, <laughs> I've gotten to know very well what this feeling is like when I feel inadequate, I feel not good enough. And really recognizing that as it's happening is a huge skill to build. And I know from that feeling, right, that it's not being caused by someone else existing or doing their thing or playing their flute. It's because I'm having thoughts in my brain that are making me feel inadequate, right? I know that my brain is having some crappy thoughts about me and I know it's because it's scared, right? Because we're taught in music school that you have to outwork everybody, that you have to be the last one standing, right? So Obviously, I've learned that and internalized that, and it still comes up sometimes Um, when I think, oh my gosh, I'm not doing enough, I'm not good enough, and my brain and my body get very scared because it's what it's learned from years of being in music. So when I'm scared to go into an audition or a lesson, and it, it can be really scary um, because your your body has just learned that if it doesn't go well, that could mean failure and rejection and all of these different things that your body is actually very scared to feel. So when my brain starts to be overly critical, I know it's just scared. It's just scared of feeling embarrassed about being rejected or being uncomfortable and it's scared of failure, right? And I know that's because like I'm scared of failure on some level, I can intellectually say I'm willing to feel all those not good feelings in order to get to where I want to go, but it doesn't mean I don't feel them and it doesn't mean my brain doesn't have resistance to it. It's just something that I'm able to tell myself in that moment when I recognize that this self-doubt and all this stuff is coming up. And once I know that this feeling is being caused by a thought and I really think that through and I'm having this feeling and I'm helping myself through it, then I remind myself of a few things. 
One is that I'm going to treat myself with love and kindness no matter what happens in any lesson or audition. This is one of the best things that you can do for yourself ever (laughs) is decide how you're going to treat yourself at the end of whatever you're doing no matter what, no matter how it goes, no matter what the outcome is. So often we wait until we get feedback to treat ourselves well or not. Like if a lesson goes well, okay, then I can be nice to myself. But if it doesn't go well, then I'm going to be mean to myself. We need to decide on purpose. Hey, I'm going to be so gracious toward myself no matter what happens. It's way less scary to go into those circumstances if you've decided that ahead of time. And I decide that nothing a committee or a teacher decides means anything about me as a person or a musician. This is really big. Please do this for yourself. It doesn't mean anything about you or your potential or you as a person if someone else decided to choose you in an audition or not. And reminding yourself of that is so necessary because your brain will not go there automatically. It'll go to a negative, I'm not good enough sort of a, a thought usually. And whatever is decided is was just the thought in someone else's mind. It doesn't like mean that there's something wrong with you or that you weren't enough. And it's totally okay to feel scared. It's something I tell myself. It's like totally okay to feel scared. And I'm willing to feel that discomfort and fear so I can reach those goals for myself. So if I'm feeling afraid and I'm hearing that self-doubt come in, I'm like, okay, well, I'm doing something new. I must be on the right track. So those are some things that I do personally to help me with my self-doubt, with all of those inadequate feelings and kind of in real time how I would deal with them. Okay, number three, we need to normalize rest days. I used to not believe in rest days. And I thought that if I never took a break, then that is how I would be most consistent. I remember um, there was the longest break I ever took Well, I took eight months off last year. That was a really long break. But before that, it was my my DMA coursework year. I it was the first time I think since I had started flute that I had taken an entire week off since 2019. And I remember my flute was getting a COA, and I was I was traveling, and I didn't bring a flute with me, and. You know, I didn't forget how to play. (laughs) Even after eight months of not practicing last year, I didn't forget how to play. I actually think I'm better now than I was before. I don't know. I think that we totally obsess over having to be on all the time that we don't always allow breathing room around those times when we do have to be on. Um, So I think it's really important to find out what works for you. Do rest days work for you? Do they not? Are you still able to come back and feel good after a day or two? Or do you not like rest days? It's totally up to you. But I think owning it and being able to say, oh, I didn't play my instrument today. It doesn't mean I'm a bad musician. It doesn't mean any of these things. Once again, we like to make these things mean a lot of things about us, like we're lazy or we can't do it or whatever. But really being true to yourself and asking yourself how did that feel do i like that and do i like the reason i'm taking my rest days i think those are all really good things to think about 
I used to go nonstop and think it was this badge of honor to have put in so much work. I used to think that sacrificing everything for what I did would mean I would deserve success more. But that's just not true. And after a certain point, I decided to stop living my life that way because that's just made up. It's like very capitalism, hustle culture-y type thinking, right? And rest doesn't always feel good. Like I don't always feel amazing after I like take 30 minutes off in the middle of the day. But I know that it's helpful and productive. I think we have this idea that rest is supposed to feel amazing. Um, But my brain freaks out still sometimes and I have to just like practice telling it that it's going to be okay and I know this is beneficial for my mind and my body to take breaks. When you first start resting, it's not probably always going to feel amazing. So just keep that in mind. If you're a person that's been like go, go, go for years and then you try to start resting, it's going to feel gross. It's going to feel terrible. (laughs) So just some food for thought. It's going to feel uncomfortable. Number four we need to normalize putting your well-being as a human first. I cannot tell you how little I thought of myself outside of playing the flute for like from like 2009 to like 2020. <laughs> I was I was obsessed. It was my identity. It was my everything. It's everything I ever worked for or did. And this kind of goes in hand with rest days, but maybe on a larger scale. And this could look like, oh, I don't feel like I have the emotional capacity to move to a brand new city right now. Maybe I don't apply for this job. Or maybe I don't take this audition in the middle of nowhere, Texas, where I don't know anyone, but I'll have to move there. And like, that's okay. And there's such a culture of trying to take every possible opportunity you can or you're going to lose out, that sort of mentality, that we totally forget about ourselves as human beings. And I think it's so important to think of yourself as a human being first and then you also play the flute. Like you have value and worth as a human. And then on top of that, you also play this instrument and that's great. Or whatever instrument you play or whatever you happen to do if you're not a musician. This could also look like prioritizing family events over auditions. It could mean that you don't want to do a certain job even though you trained for it and like maybe you've changed your mind and that's okay too right like you as a human need to be good and a job isn't going to fix that right like you need to be okay with yourself and getting a job that's like prestigious and high status isn't going to make you like yourself more just a little truth bomb there um but i think it's so important to know that you are important as a person no matter how you play your instrument with or without your instrument 100%. I had a client say after we were doing sort of like a breathing and mental exercise, one of my clients said, I didn't come out of the womb playing violin. It was like a moment of realization, which is amazing. 
because they were like, oh, I'm framing my entire life based on how well I do this one thing. And I didn't come out of the womb doing that. I would still be a person, even if I didn't do this, that has value in the world. So really thinking of yourself as a full human, whether you're playing music or you're just sitting in a car or a room listening to a podcast, same amount of worthiness. So putting your well-being as a human first. Let's normalize it. (laughs) And the last one is one of my favorites. It's being kind to yourself. We need to normalize being kind to ourselves and encouraging ourselves instead of trash talking ourselves and beating ourselves up. Right? It's so common for people to say, oh my gosh, like I'm going to totally bomb this lesson or I can't believe like I'm so bad at this thing or that thing. It's like very common for people to share what they're not good at, but it's much less common to hear what they are good at, right? Like we're not coming out of our practice room being like, oh my gosh, I am so excited. I can finally play this passage. I've been working on it for so long. We're usually thinking, ugh. We're usually like commiserating with each other, but I mean, how cool would it be if we did like earnestly just not in like an ego driven way, but we're just like really excited by our own progress. I think that would be awesome anyway, but being kind to yourself, kindness is underrated. This phrase came up in in a client session as well in a coaching session. Um, and I, and my, my client said, oh, you should make t-shirts. And I, I might, saying kindness is underrated. There might be some Align Your Mind merch in the future. I don't know. But um, motivating yourself with encouragement and kindness is actually the best habit you can build. Right? Because negative motivation and beating yourself up is just practicing those thoughts until they come belie- become beliefs right? It's just practicing those thoughts until they become beliefs. And then you're trying to like prove yourself wrong. It's just not going to work very well. So because your thoughts create your emotions and you keep telling yourself like you suck and you need to do better, you're probably going to feel guilt and shame. And that guilt and shame is what you take into your practice room. And we don't want to operate from that place because we feel self-conscious at every turn. We get extremely self-critical And it's no wonder why people don't like to practice, honestly. (laughs) And if you struggle with this, I have a free guide on how to stop the negative self-talk, especially, particularly in the practice room. It's on my website and I'll link it in the show notes, but I think this is just the right way to get started in terms of getting to know what's on your mind, what's in your brain, why you don't feel good, and what you can do about it. So this gives you a process to go through. So if you're interested in that, I'll link that in the show notes. But I'm going to end with kindness is underrated to yourself. How kind can you be to yourself today? How loving can you be to yourself today? Because we're not taught that. We're taught to criticize ourselves. And we're not taught to make it mean stuff about ourselves. Our brain just kind of fills that in on its own. But we're not taught, hey, how can I support myself? How can I encourage myself today? So I hope you do that. And I hope you have a wonderful week. If you're interested in taking this work further, 
I have a one-on-one coaching program that will help you get into the mindset of your dreams. If this episode resonated with you, I highly recommend booking a free discovery call with me. It's an hour on Zoom where we discuss where you are, where you want to be, and we talk about how mindset coaching can help get you there. Check out the link in the show notes to sign up.